search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of Broken by Concept, episode 93. We've got Nathan Jungle Mott and Curtis Midlane Morgan. Diving straight in. Nathan, we did in the book club recently a book called Principles by Ray Dalio. So we just finished it. We had our discussion. Had a discussion with the community. Uh, our book clubbers. And uh, that was a a lot of significant impact on these guys' lives. This was a this was a big book in the book club. It was a big book. And 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 so much so, I mean, even to rewind actually. So um, to give a bit of context here um, and what we're going to be talking about today. So in 2018, I read this book. Basically, TLDR, um, this is a, it was written by this billionaire guy. These are the top 100 richest people in the world. Um, some hedge fund manager. And um, when I got recommended to read it, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And at the time in 2018, I was the head coach of Diawals. We're doing our thing. And um, we were trying to figure out ways to go to the next level, right? Trying to test, learn. Because we're an underdog region, underdog you know, from Os, right? And, and we, we were had trying to think to be differently. Glo- we had to do something different because we we can't if we play the way you know Korea, North America. If we do the same things they do, we're going to lose, right? We need to. Right. Think we, in order to be globally competitive, we needed to try and think outside the box. So I was always trying to gain inspiration from from many many differing industries, industries, fields, fields people, coaches, whatever. And um, basically, in this book named Principles, his name is Ray Ray Dalio. Ray basically outlined how he ran his company. And his personal principles at a personal level and how they extended to his professional life and his company that he ran um, to an incredibly, insanely high level. He's a very high level individual. And it left a massive mark on us and how we not only operated Diwals, but I think it changed largely how we operated our daily, like our lives. And it it influenced massively our coaching now. What we do is in the Salter in the Midland Academy. And, and so, what this podcast was about for the last 90 episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it really is A lot of people in the book club said like, oh, there's so many overlap between... It's like, are you sure you guys didn't read this? It's like, yeah, we did read this. Yeah, before. 2018. Yeah. And so I want, we thought it'd be great to share some of the key learnings from the book with you guys today. Um, things that we found really useful at both a personal level and things that have really helped us in our league experience, our league journey, and, and our coaching. Um, so I'm just going to go through a bunch of things. I've just gone through my highlights from the book. So I want to start off with a few, this, this one here. So when looking at anything, Ray says, you can take two approaches. We have it. We can look at things from a top down approach. So at a very high level, we'll kind of imagine yourself kind of, I, I, he talks about it as if, imagine if you were to zoom out from your life and then look down on your life and how you operate in all different areas within your life. That's like a kind of like a top down approach. And then we can look at things from a bottom-up approach. So we're like in getting into the details. We're very, very specific. And then you can kind of go up from there. So imagine like a tree from the tree top down, or you can look at it from like the roots. You're in the roots and then you can go upwards. And he says that when you when something lines up, so it's still true at the bottom level and it remains true at the top level, at a high level and at a low level, that's when you know something really is correct and really is true. Because one of the big parts of the book is trying to find out the truth in everything and, and anything because the truth in seeing things objectively leads to high performance and the max amount of growth in whatever it might be. So um, tying this back to league, 
Um, and I think we've both seen this in our coaching uh, platforms. There's people that uh, tend to approach problems at a very top-down approach. Like they like to look at things very holistically and, and try and spot trends across yeah. games. And, and have, have like, like really these, like let's say principles or these uh, ways rules. of viewing the game, rules that they follow to a T. Sort of like, for example, uh, I always go to this lane. It's like Darius into yeah. this or... Um, I always farm 10 CS a minute as Jace or... Whatever it might be, yeah. Those type a of very things. high level, something that you're going to do blindly, not blindly, but you're going to kind of apply at a very high level. Or in this ELO bracket, I tend to do this. Or, you know, in these sorts of games, I tend to do that. And, and I think that that's fine. That's good to do. And it, it can allow you to spot trends and have consistency at a very high level across a lot of large sample of games. But in order to understand something very deeply, we would ideally connect these kind of principles or test, stress test some of these principles and rules and theories that we have and get into the details to see if they still apply. So, so you need to look at the bottom bottom up. Right. So, so like, an example of bottom up in League of Legends? That's like starting from the bottom, that's sort of like looking at like one death or like... Well, I would even for mid lane... Builds items? Well, for mid lane, the way I would view it is like... You know, you hear a lot of things about kind of okay. You got to you got to three stack into when you're playing range into melees or whatever it might be. There's some like something to do with a wave state, but then you get like into the details and you look at them like, well, did this actually work? Was this optimal? Did this actually what did it lead? What did it get me? So like you have like this very high level topic or like as fizz, you always want to you know roam to side. You want to create a secondary win condition. Well let's look at that. Let's do that. Let's apply the principle. Let's get into a very specific moment in the game and let's see what that got us. And let's weigh up the alternatives. Well, like, okay, this is, I followed this law or this rule and this is what it got me. What would the other alternatives look like? Could I have actually gotten a bigger lead if I, in this game, you know, I, I actually played for myself or I got myself ahead, then did this, you know? So I think that um, this is something that I, I, I resonated a lot with both in my life as well and, and in league, it's good to kind of stress test over like overarching fundamentals or rules of thumbs or, or in what he calls principles. Because so if example, you don't stress test them, they're, they're just they're good. They're useless. So an example of like a stress test for again top down to bottom yep, up. Yeah. For jungle, it would be I'm playing a full clear jungler. I'm playing Evelyn. Yep. I am pathing towards a Lucian top who's heavy trading. I'm versing a Lee Sin who's also matching me. He's not going to full clear. He will get there before me. But Lucian's heavy training. He's got a really stacked wave. So I shouldn't follow the principle to full clear every game as Eve. I should go top, go through lane, counter gank, and then get two kills. Right. So that that's great because you, you know at a high level, you looked at that and be like, if I blindly, if I blindly followed this principle, probably wouldn't have worked or you did it and it probably <laughs> yeah so then you did it and then you'll look in the look review, review. you'll be like you know what you said there it's like you know you said what could have happened it's like well, what what did i miss what did well? i miss yeah yeah, yeah. What, what, so you got to stress test stuff and i think in league you know leagues leagues a very difficult game to have like these broad fundamental theories because everything's yeah, granular it, it, isn't it, it doesn't work there's exceptions general, to yeah. the rule every single there time is. so it's like you can have like this top-down approach but then you've got to understand what the the exceptions to the rule are. So you've got to kind of get granular at the same time. So I think nowadays um, you've got to have both. You've got to be able to look at things at a granular level and kind of zoom out and kind of look at the trends and have some overarching principles that you can kind of follow, you know, um, which could be useful for, for you guys out there in, in whatever it is you do. Now, this was a big one for me. And this is something still to this day that I strive 
to do. And it's, it's so easy to say it rather than do it. Basically, the quote is here. Whenever I see something that I think is wrong, I assume that I'm wrong. And I try to figure out why that that thing is actually occurring. What a be- what imagine if everyone had that mentality. Imagine if everyone had that mentality. And um I'm actually going to um I'm actually going to make a video soon talking about um this Reddit thread that that came up and it was the Reddit thread that your 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 soul to loved. And do you want to talk about this just briefly intro- introduce it and we can kind of apply because this would be a situation where you could apply that. Right? Okay, so the TLDR, the TLDR. Of, of the Reddit thread was um, about um, everyone has really good fundamentals in the game. So he used an example of uh, Nice, who's like a big content creator. He was like, he has like a chill channel where he sort of like plays, let's say, low intensity gameplay. And he was like sort of struggling in bronze. Uh, and then people are saying like, oh, look, even like a, you know, a, yeah. a, a top tier player um, can struggle in here because everyone has the fundamentals down and then he usually used your name as an example coach curtis says the fundamentals are really important but this guy was sort of saying that everyone has the fundamentals so it's not important the x the x factor is those sexy things yeah so apparently everyone <laughs> in bronze silver like iron bronze silver gold have like great like um, flawless fundamentals yeah and that in order to climb you've got to really uh, understand these advanced topics yeah. and like get you know high level macro that's really hard for me to articulate by the way right it's because it, it's so ridiculous it's, when you think about it but so so you know yeah. and, he, and i get quoted in this reddit thread which basically said you know saying coach curtis says the fundamentals will get you automatically to gold which i truly believe now for the sake of this argument t- applying this rule what I'm actually going to do, and this is the this is kind of my mindset heading into making this video, because I'm going to make a video breaking down this Reddit thread. Let's assume that I'm wrong. Yeah. Let's assume that they're right. I found a highlight from the book saying, uh, so this is from the book saying, yeah. switching your mindset from I'm right to how am I right? How am I right? That's beautiful. That's another way of articulating it. And and so let's assume that I'm wrong, right? Let's assume that I'm wrong, and then let's figure out why why this might be occurring or why they might have this, 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 this perspective. And this actually ties into another thing that I think is so goddamn important, which is be evidence-based. So if I, if I have this take, right, if I have this take that is the fundamentals will get you to gold, the only way to prove that is through evidence. So do it. So what, I, what I'm going to do, what I've done, I've played two games uh, on a bronze account. It was a bronze one slash silver four account. And um, I purposefully did not interact with the enemy. I allowed myself to even die in one of them. I dumbed down my micro massively. I didn't make a single single macro game call. I didn't do a single aggressive flash. All I did was just simply react to whatever happened around me. Um, Good quality resets, good quality farm, no compensation, and just play in accordance to my champ's identity. And I I... I obviously lost one game because I, I was a three losing three losing lanes and they happened. And then the other one, it was just I won just so easily. So both of these games, it shows. I mean, the one you lost was still like eighteen. And oh two, yeah, the one I the one I lost, I was like eighteen and two. Like yeah. it was, I could have easily won that game as well just if I flashed aggressively that one play. So like it shows what I'm going to talk about is this is what it looks like and this is how the fundamentals will manifest in your games. This is literally what it looks like. That's the only way to combat that. If you're not evidence-based and you don't prove with, if you can't prove it through doing something, 
then it's just a theory. Like you're just going to go back and forth. So from now on, and I think it's such a healthy way to approach problems. Let's just assume I'm wrong. Let's, for the sake of the argument, let's assume they are correct. You can't really ever go wrong with that, can you? Like it's only going to lead into either you actually realizing you're wrong and then being like, oh shit, I actually need to probably think about this more. Or maybe... You're forced to understand it even better in a way. Yeah, you, you have to explain it and you have to show evidence. Yeah, spot on. You have to really figure it out. And and, and sometimes, you know, um, we've had this conversation off camera where someone questions something in your coaching and then you're forced to kind of think about it. And you're like, oh, I can't explain this very well. So maybe I'm actually... I could theoretically be wrong. If I can't prove it and I can't show it, then it's as good as, you know, nothing. It's It's useless. So um, this is something that I, I, I want to really try and carry on as much as I possibly can. And I think for everyone here, what a beautiful mindset. What an absolutely beautiful mindset. Switching from I'm right, I'm the guest, I'm a genius to how am I right? Yeah. And just for the sake of every argument, let's just assume I'm wrong and they're right. And then really stress test my own perspective. Because at the end of the day, we need to get into the mindset that we're just trying to find the truth. It doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong. It doesn't matter if they're right or wrong. It's what is objectively true because the objective truth is what's going to guide you. That's when it's going to lead to high performance. That's not. It's going to not waste your time. You're going to be a lot more efficient in your learning. That's what we're searching for. Now, to tie onto this whole evidence-based thing, right? Be evidence-based. What Ray Dalio says in the book, he says, most people make decisions based on what their deep-seated subconscious mind wants and then they filter the evidence to make it consistent with those desires. And we see this, I say that all the time specifically with champion mental blocks. Okay, I'll give you an example. Um, okay, so let's say someone, let's say we have a uh, Cassidy main. And then a Cassidy main, obviously, because of their experiences and the, uh, the fundamental weaknesses of the champion, they're going to struggle into certain champions, whether it be Aurelia, whether it be Akshan, whatever that champion might be. Now, let's say. Um, Let's say they, they've come to this conclusion that this champion is overpowered. I can't, you know, it's broken by concept, whatever it might be, right? No, if we enter a discussion, if I enter a discussion all the time talking about this champion's weaknesses, because in their mind, they are, they, they want to, but it's, it's easier for them to, 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 um, it's easier. It's like, it's, it's good for them to, 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 I guess, find flaws in my argument or, or, or highlight their strengths. Or highlight that so, champion's strengths more, more so. So a so. great example was when Felipe in our in our book club discussion, he said he had that this narrative that Carly was the most broken Akali, champion in the yeah. game, and then he played it he himself. Played it, yeah, and he's like, "What the fuck? This champ's like has clear well, weaknesses." Be, and, but before that, if you were to get into an argument before he actually or discussion before he played a card, yeah, it's it's almost impossible. It, it's very difficult because his proof. subconscious mind is always going to find evidence to prove that he's correct. That's just the way the human the, the human mind works. We 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 incentivized to try and make ourselves look good and find evidence that suggests that we are correct. It will filter through things. It will look for the things that say that we're correct rather than searching for the things that that might say that we're wrong. Because we're emotionally invested in 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 in, in our in our opinion, right? We're mm. emotionally invested, and it and in order to imagine imagine how much better that would make you feel, right? If if Akshan was just broken by concept and like there was no weaknesses, you know, that would make you feel so much better for losing those games, <laughs> wouldn't it? Right? Rather than just 
sucking up and realizing that, okay, you probably made a few mistakes here and there, and we got to, or maybe it is a very objectively hard matchup, and there's going to be maybe one or two windows in the entire game, and we got to take those. That's that's a tough pill to swallow. You know, mm. that's a very tough pill mm. to swallow. And emotionally as well, going back to that Reddit post, I'm just trying to think. Yeah. Him chucking in your name, saying Coach Curtis, you know, he he preaches the fundamentals, how important they are. And then by him saying that and that post getting super upvoted, saying, yeah, that's right. Everyone actually has the fundamentals. You know, like you don't need to focus on the fundamentals because everyone has them. Um, you need to focus on the sexy macro stuff. Think about how that it's just so exciting for him, isn't it? Like yeah. The dopamine you get from that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And even when I make this video, it's going to be very difficult for him to to accept that. Like, he's mm. going to come in with the intention to find any any possible reason to nitpick rather than come in with a mindset. Like, I, I might just be wrong. I might be not doing this well because it will be painful for him to accept that oh, this entire time where I thought I had good fundamentals, I actually don't. Or like, even understand what the fundamentals are in the first yeah, place. Yeah, maybe he didn't even know what the fundamentals were. I mean, yeah. it's painful for that person yeah. to, to really, to, to you know, to really um, understand. So yeah, the, the, you know these are things that are running in the back of our mind, um, and and just to add on to that, you raise a really good point. So Felipe, someone from the Midnight Academy, I had a huge breakthrough by the way um, with my coaching, and I, I thought it'd be good to share this while we're on this topic. So another breakthrough, coach. You've been having a couple of breakthroughs recently. No, not really. I probably have one every f- month. <laughs> one every month. That's about a, once a month. That's insane. Once dude. or two months or something like that. Yeah. This one is probably the, one of the biggest ones I've had in a long okay. time, though. So a common problem. Um, for platinum players specifically to climb to D4 is that they struggle with matchups. Like they'll make decisions, like random decisions in the game that like they just die. And I'm like, my ages when I, ages ago when I first started coaching, I always said, well, you just don't know what that, you just don't understand the matchup. So let's get into the details, maybe watch a few VODs of versus in that champion. I'll explain to you how that champion works. And then hopefully next time you won't make that mistake, right? And I used this approach and I even got into the details like, okay, we're going to do 1v1s and stuff like that. And these did work, albeit they did work, but they're not that effective. And um, I came to the conclusion that um, in order to understand a matchup or a cha- like when you look at a decision, you make a decision, you make this mistake versus a champion, what you should do is you should always watch the VOD from their perspective, don't watch it from your perspective. We're so in our own head about what we want. We're the center of the universe. We're the center of the game. Yeah, it's us, us, us. This is what I want. This is what I want to do. I'm the most important champion, blah, 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 blah. Let's actually just take a step back, remove us completely from the equation, and let's actually look at it from their perspective. What would what would the game feel like? What would the game feel like if I was them? What was their what would their mindset be like? What do they want to get done? What does it look like to verse me? So literally, sometimes I'll watch the VOD kind of like as if I'm them. And the biggest breakthrough was watch VODs of the matchup, but from their perspective. So if you're struggling with the Victor vs. Akali matchup, don't watch Victor vs. Akali VODs. Okay, you can watch them, but also complement it with Akali versus Victor VODs. And look at what they're trying to do. What feels bad for them? Watch the times where they're struggling. Why are they struggling here? What are their cooldowns like? What does it feel like to play that champion? Even play it in a normal game. I want to go one of my other clients. He just plays a bunch of them with his friends in norms. He just one by one. He just play around with them. That is a much more effective way of learning the matchups because now you're connecting the knowledge with a feeling, with an intuit, with an intuition, with a feeling, with emotion, and because behavior change, I believe, largely comes from emotion and feel. So when I go into a fight, 
I already can. I'm largely anticipating what the enemies do because I can. I know what it feels like. And and so there was two things that that prove this to be true. Number one, I used to have a massive mental block versus Kiana. It wasn't until I played Kiana that I just I, do, I haven't lost to a Kiana since. I actually played Kiana myself because I understood how the elements worked, the cooldowns, the damage output, what felt awkward for Kiana, etc. Second thing. What I did to test this was I asked these players that struggle with matchups and I said to them, when you verse your X main or your other, another champ in your pool, how does it feel? And so it feels like a different game. Hmm. So this, I work with a Rumble player, but he also has Casio. What happens when you play Rumble versus Casio? Easy. I know exactly what to do. Because you know what they want. Because they do. know what they want. Yeah. That's what you got to do. So um, getting out of your own head and looking at it from... So that would probably work for jungle. You're playing... Imagine you're, you're playing a... You've got a Karthus main or whatever it might be. And then they have a mental block first like Kindred or Lee Sin or some shit. Get them just at a very high level. Just watch Kindred VODs. Even dick around in normal games with Kindred. Just like at a very basic level. They would probably overcome more mental blocks in that hour or two hours than any amount of times they verse that champion. I could be- basically guarantee you. Watch, get them to watch Kindred VODs, Kindred vs. Carthus VODs on YouTube or whatever it might be. Or someone in the Soul 2. The common one's Evelyn because everyone's like, stealth is like super OP, just kills everyone. Yeah. Yeah, it's another perfect example. Play Evelyn in normal games. See what it feels like when you're running around with no alts, fighting with no alts. Yep, and pre-6 and the whole what thing. What it feels like pre-6. What it's like when people are buying lots of control wards and control ward in certain areas. Great. Very useful. Um, moving on. He says here, it's a fundamental law of nature that in order to gain strength, one has to push limits, which is painful. Same for gym, work, whatever it might be, right? And I think this is a very beautiful way of articulating it because most of us, we instinctually try to avoid pain. That's what we're designed to do. We, we avoid pain. But in order to gain strength, you've got to push limits. But if you're pushing limits, you're going to have some painful experience. You're going to fail, right? So what you got to, what's got to happen inevitably as a result of this pain is that you have to develop a reflexive reaction to this pain that causes you to reflect on it rather than avoid it. And this will lead to rapid learning and rapid evolving. Let that sink in. You need to you need to develop, if you can, develop a reflexive reaction to the psychic pain that causes you to reflect on it rather than avoid it. And I've worked with many, many clients. I'm going to shout out Zenji, a client, one of my clients, who time and time and time again, his default response when shit gets hard is to avoid the pain. Don't play that three block. Find another reason not to play that three block. Find a reason to take a two-day break. Many people, Stevenator was another one, find they're always trying to find excuses to avoid pain. We have to see pain as inevitable because if we're not pushing limits, we're not going to grow. And there's the beautiful formula that sums all of this up, pain plus reflection equals progress. That's it. That's the formula. Hmm. It can't just be pain, 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 play 20, like 20 blocks, 20 games a day, you know, just tilt queuing and stuff. That's a painful experience, but there's, where's the reflection? It needs to be a reflection. There's no progress unless there's the reflection part the as pain, well. pain, then there's the reflection, then there's the progress. I think I had a highlight somewhere for there as well. Um, 
He talks about in the book struggling well. Struggling gives one strength. Well, this is the thing, Nathan, is that it it hurts. It's so easy to sit here on this couch and talk about, it, isn't it? But when you're, you know, you're you just had a zero three block, zero four block, whatever it you're might be. You're learning a champ, and you're like seventy games in, and it's just not clicking. You just, or you just, you know, you haven't got much time to play, and then that one block, you just have, you know, two losing sides, two games in a row. It's bloody br- these painful experiences. It's not easy. Yeah. Let me show this again. And it's and again. great how a league produces all these painful experiences. That's that's what's so good about the game. I love it. What I love about this book, though, Nathan, is that it's not... It's like this is a v- extremely successful guy talking about things that, like this. This is exactly what we talk about all the time. The pain, you can't shy... The pain is the signal. It, it, something's going wrong. Something go, is going wrong. View pain, a painful experience, as a signal. There's when something put, there. When you put your hand over the stove... You know, you you, yep. you you pull back because there's it's not right. There's something know? going wrong. Yeah. There's something going wrong there. And he says, if you're not failing, you're not pushing limits. And if you're not pushing limits, you're not maximizing your potential. So if you think about it, it's inevitable. We talk about it. It's inevitable that you're going to have painful experiences. Why is it inevitable? Because you're pushing limits. Well, why would I push limits? Because I want to maximize my potential. Well, that's ultimately up to you. Not everyone wants to maximize their potential. Right? Not everyone wants that. He even talks about it in the book, right? Some people want to just save a life and they don't want to maximize their potential and, you know, strive and do something very difficult. He believes that's what it takes to have a very satisfying and, and, and fulfilling life. Struggling. In his opinion. Yeah. But, but, um, hearing this from someone like Ray in a completely different field, in the field of, you know, economics or whatever it might be is unbelievable it's unbelievable and so hearing this it's like wow okay he's he's having these painful experiences probably i'll be a lot more painful losing millions of dollars <laughs> you know he's to the point where he had to sell his car and he's had all these really painful experiences so what does he do he doesn't shy away from these painful experiences. he reflects on these painful experiences develops principles learnings key learnings from these painful experiences to help him grow as an individual to move on to the next one that is powerful shit. evolve and he rounds that 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 section off with choose between healthy and painful truth or unhealthy but comfortable delusion it's like, it's like the red pill and the blue. It's like the Matrix, dude. It's like legit the Matrix. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, you either take the, the blue pill and you just... You're delusional. You're comfortable. You're delusional, but you're comfortable. Yeah. Or you take the red pill and it's it's hard truth. It's hard truth, but it's, you know, you at least you're seeing the truth and you can choose to either try and thrive in the truth, objective reality. Mm. It's exactly the same. Mm. In league, it's we have the choice every day when you go up and you're getting into the review. You can... Come into that review and 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 be completely delusional and say it was my teammates' fault. I played perfectly. Yeah, you know, there's not much for me to take away from this. I mean, losers' cue, whatever it might be, and that feels good, right? You're comfortable. It's it's, comfortable. You're protecting your ego. You don't have to get into that review. You don't have to be honest with yourself. You, whatever it might be, or you can suck it up, experience the pain for what it really is. Admit to yourself that you lost the game off that one play, that dragon call, or that one failed roam, or that failed solo kill, or that death to a gank. Internalize that pain. Move on. Reflect and move on. Mm. 
a great point in the when we were talking about this the pain plus reflection equals progress in the book club was uh how talking about how people would register painful experiences differently let's say with the experience with league so like let's say you know you're 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 learning the game and stuff and like a death in in league like the death that let's say i would view compared to another player a gold player yeah there's different levels of pain because we like that's like a death for me especially with my champion people and the way i play the game that's like end of review end stuff, of review. right? Yeah, yeah. But for death for them, it's like, oh, cool. I just die. I come back on the rift. Like it sort of sucks. I hate the gray screen. I want to be doing stuff. I'll come back on the rift. But we will, we will, we will get to the exact same situation. We'll get two different levels of pain two, experience. A from massively it. different physiological response. Yeah. And to add on to that, you remember the, the analogy I came up with, with people's pain barrier? This is fascinating. I, c- I came up with this on the spot during the, the book club. So I view so everyone talking about that pain barrier, right? So there's, I, I imagine there's like a line in the sand or like a dotted line. And I imagine it kind of like, um, you know, the, the, as, as you register a painful experience, the pain bar goes up and everyone, that line is different for everyone. And when, when the pain crosses that threshold, a certain threshold, that's where you lose control and you go down, you spiral out of control. You, you lose all of your confidence. Self-sabotage. You self-sabotage. There's, a, there's like a line where like too much pain too much is too bad. much. It's like, yeah. it's like in real life, like you, you experience too much physical pain, you like faint you or, pass like, out. or you'll damage, hurt yourself long-term, yeah. you're doing long-term damage. So there's like a line in this, you got to draw a line in the sand, f- f- figure out what that is for you. And allow yourself to control and manage the pain and, and this develop that emotional regulation. So yes, you want to experience pain and allow it to sink in, but you don't want to overemphasize the pain to the point where you're just thinking, oh, you're such an idiot, Curtis. How could you do that? You know, you don't even deserve to play the game anymore. You're so washed up. What You know, there's that negative self-talk. It just goes across the edge. And I view it as different for everyone. It's different for everyone. You've got to find out what it is for you. So yes, register that pain. Get, push that bar to the max. You want to push it just before you get into the threshold. That's where you're getting the max learning, in my opinion. It's going to really, really sink in. It's going to be a very painful experience, but it's not too extreme. So that's something that I think a lot of people out there need to figure out what that is for you. I like it. Moving on. You love this one, Nathan. The first order and second order consequences. Yes, I do love this one. So what did you like about this one? Well, the way he explains it is, uh, let's say um, you have the choice of a um, cake, like you want it, like you have a cake in front of you. The first order consequence is, well, there's no consequence. No, no, no. The first order consequence is that it tastes really good. It tastes that's really what good. Happens. Yeah, that's yep. the first thing. And it then, tastes really good. And then the second order consequence is, like, let's say you eat the, the whole cake, you feel sick in like, you know, a couple of hours time. That's like a second order consequence. Let's say, for example, let's say... Um, let's say you're going to the gym, you're working out, you know, you're pushing your weight, you're on squats or something like that. Super painful, but your muscles go stronger. The second order consequence, the first order consequence is pain, but the second order consequence is positive. It's like a, you know, you, your yeah. muscle grow. Well, he says here, first order consequences are temptations that cost us what we really want. You're spot on. So in league, it's, I think it's everywhere. It could be as simple as you probably, you know, talk about a, a gank where like it looks really good. Yes. The first order consequence, great. I can go to the zone and get a kill. I get killed. I get the gold. But, but the second order consequence is I lose dragon and then my bot who's my win condition dies. You just trade off your bot lane. Yeah. Boom. 
Another one in mid lane, I could take this trade, but in the process, if I take this trade, I'm going to screw the wave. So I take this good trade, but the second order consequence is that now my wave's in a really bad spot. Whereas if I actually for, for gone, for went the, the first order consequences, okay, I'm actually not going to take that trade. Th like just leave it. But then when the wave's deeper on my side, I can actually go for a solo kill. I can actually kill him 100 to zero. I can set up that gank. So you're thinking the second order and third order consequences. A great one everyone can relate to. Mm. First order consequence, you you overstay on the map. You're like trying to like, you get an inhibitor or something. And then everyone on the enemy team spawns. And the second order consequence is they TP on you and everything. They kill you and they take Baron yep. and the game's That's back a huge up. one. That's a, it's a classic. Dumb, that right? happens like so many or games. Or when, you, when you're trying to, how many games has everyone lost where, you know, first order consequence... You know, you're, you're staying on the map. You're, you're trying to kill the Nexus. And then the Nexus, and the Nexus, you're going for that last end. You're like, look at the death timers. And the second order consequence is you don't end in the Nexus. And then they, they get, get Baron or Elder or whatever yeah, it might be. And they farm three inhibitors. Even though you're three inhibitors down, they come back and they win the game, even though you had three inhibitors yep. down. So that, I think that's, again, another little way of thinking prob about problems. I love this one. This was uh, when encountering weaknesses, you have four choices. Let me know if any of these resonate with what you've seen in the in the Soltu, Nathan. Number one, deny them. That's the most common. Deny your weaknesses. Number two, accept them, work at them, and turn them into strengths. Number three, accept them, but then find ways around them. Number four, change what you're going after. Okay, so second one, great example is with uh, uh, Ishan who was learning Eve, he identified a weakness was he was missing opportunities because he wasn't clearing at a correct time. Like he was doing it like at three minutes, 30 seconds rather than three minutes, 20 seconds. And that 10 seconds difference was making the difference in that first gank or the first opportunity on, let's say a crab or something. And he, uh, yeah, he, he identified as a weakness and then he went in the practice tool and then practiced it every day for months. And it became a strength of his. So now yep, he knows and then really he's clear. clear well. he's, he's like one of the best in the game. Excellent. What about an example of denying? Have you ever seen someone denying weaknesses? Denying weaknesses. Like you've pointed out a weakness and they just denied that it's a weakness? Or not? I mean, probably it would happen a lot, but they don't wouldn't deny it like in, in front, in front of, of us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. You know, like Because I have never really had that in a session. Yeah, no. It's more like I think. It's sort of like like they'll they'll I'll say this is a really big flaw in your gameplay. They'll just and then they'll just go back and they'll just keep playing just right. normally how that would be like yeah that's cool Nathan that's right. cool but that's just too so hard it's to like do. behind closed doors you yeah think, yeah uh, I guess one for sure is who was it uh, I can't remember who it was this last week but you know I, I uh, you know I've been telling him to have a process and play three blocks and stuff right. but you know he just doesn't do it you know and then he comes to the review and then be like Nathan I feel like I'm backwards I'm like well, what's your process and he goes like I don't really review I play 15 games a day you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. You know? it's just so, like you, you can't go anywhere no. it's just like we're just gonna go around in circles until you finally just <laughs> yeah. decide to like do a three ball <laughs> until the painful experience is enough where you're like okay what I've done just hasn't, hasn't fucking worked. worked yeah let's just now we try Nathan's approach um find ways around them i mean sometimes that's the reality I've, I've had that with clients where like they're not good mechanically yeah uh, and like that's we just for have me to, we have that's to, for me perfectly dude it's you, fine you always say my skirmishing sucks ass yeah the way i play around it is i just win the game in the early game well, well you can do that and yeah. i think there's certain players that maybe they don't have as much time to play the game they don't they can't do those 1v1s whatever it might be maybe they're a bit older that's okay we can play champs that work around that we don't have to get you know you don't have to hit every single q with syndrome or we'll play galio or whatever it might be yeah 
or there's change what you're going after. And the way I interpret that one, which is more just change your champ. Sometimes that is, I've seen people do that. They just change or they just don't, they give up. They don't go for that rank. They say, all right, well, I'm not going to go for that. And that, that, you know, that's on them. Um, so I found that as a neat little way of kind of processing that. I thought that was quite nice. Um, this one was great. He says about ultimately everything comes down to five decisions. Don't confuse what you wish were true with, with, with what is really true, which is kind of what we're talking about before, but importance of seeing reality. Don't worry about looking good. Worry about achieving your goals. Massive one. That is huge. Tell me about that one, Nathan. Uh, I see it all the time. Someone's like a, um, you know, they just joined Soul 2, you know, they're gold platinum. They're super expensive. They've been playing the game for eight years and they have all these narratives and they're so convinced on this stuff. And like, like they're just, they, you know, it's like, well, come on, you know, it's like all these narratives and stuff, like, you know, like some might be okay, but some like really are going to hold you back. Like, let's, we need to break these down. Like, you know, but, well, it's, but okay to, it's, it's okay to not be good. Yeah. You need to accept it. Yeah, just not be good. So let's just admit that you're not yeah. good right now. Yeah. And that's okay. It's, it's, it's hard. Especially yeah. the, yeah, the players that are like platinum. I find, I think platinum players who've yeah. been playing the game for a long time. Oh, yeah, it's really hard. They've, it's very hard for them to accept that they're actually not as good at the game yeah. as they think they are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a really big one. And again, easier said than done. Especially when your ego, when you've you've really connected your self worth at of at an identity level with the game. Yeah. Because again, looking good in game would mean looking good again, being good as a person. You know. So it depends how invested you are emotionally into the game for the, a lot of these people. Can you read that one again? I want to just get don't some worry sense. about looking good. Worry about achieving your goals. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in the review, what they'll do is they'll say all these things to make themselves look smart, but it's just not relevant to the review or anything or Does that as well. Okay. Yeah. Or, um, or they, um, well, I'll say something else about OPGGs as well. KDAs and OPGGs. And yes. There you go. Fancy That's plays fan and all that yep. stuff. Yep. There's, there's all montage plays. And- yes. And the people that bring, sometimes people only bring good games to me. As well, it's like, yep, this is a good game. And then I always wonder, like... It's like, why they're not climbing? Yeah, why they're not climbing? Because they're not showing me all the fucking shit. Right. You know, Before there's like... <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. this is their one of every 10 games, you know? Right, yeah. Because they want to look good in front of me. Right, yeah. But the truth is, it's like, well, it's come not, on. That's not funny. I mean, it's just... We need to we need, we need to get that that fourth game that you absolutely shit the bed. Well, I think that's that's probably tying more into to avoiding pain. Yes. Because I know showing a rod of the actual level of play yeah. will be so painful. painful in front of everyone in the call, you know? Yeah. Like, oh my God, everyone's going to judge me and look how shit I am, you know? Yeah. Uh, again, pain, that's, that's going to help you. Yeah. And if I think about some of my best clients, they just don't give a fuck. I don't care. Like, I, 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 some, the, my best clients are the ones that always show me the shit. I'm like, this game's so difficult. Like, I, I for example, I have Alex S, you know, Summoner Squid. Yeah. He's great because he shows me these games that are just fucked. It's really hard, yeah. That, like, I'll be, like, reviewing him and, like, I, this is, I was like, am I breaking your confidence? <laughs> and Alex, like, these are difficult games with difficult yeah, problems. Yeah, you know? But he just keeps, because he just wants to find the truth. It's like, yeah. and then we just accept it's like, this is just a difficult game, yeah. you know? But he's actually doing well in lots of other games. Yeah. Those ones those are, are really hard clients. to review, actually. Yeah. Sometimes, like, fuck, if I was in this game, I would struggle. Like, some <laughs> yeah, of them are hard. Yeah. That's right, you know? <laughs> Hundred percent. So yeah, those are my those are the best clients. Follow that rule in my eyes. They just want they just want to get better. They don't give a fuck how they look or how shit their gameplay is. They just what's going on. Let's find the truth. Love it. Um, don't overweight first order consequences. We covered that one before. Don't let pain stand in the way of progress. Love it. Another beautiful way of articulating it. 
and don't blame bad outcomes on anyone but yourself. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, that's huge. I love that one, bad outcomes. I mean, every bad outcome, that's not just for me, but my teammates. When I talked about last episode, the, what with Will, what yep. I did was every time someone died on my team, I thought my initial reaction was like reflexive. Like, in a I way. did something wrong. How did I do something to let that person yep. die? And even if it's not true, just again, assume that you did something wrong as well. Yeah, I, I, that's assume, what I do. I instant assume. instantly assume that I missed something and I could have helped him. Yeah. Even even though, no matter how ridiculous it seems. It might be ridiculous. You might be on the other side of the map and you had to like base or whatever, but then you think, okay, well, like, should mm. I be seeing that in the future thing? Again, it ties into that problem solving mindset that you talked about in the last episode as well. Okay, another one here. Focus on the what is before deciding what to do about it. I love this one because. Um, most people, like, okay, let's say you come out of a game and then you instantly, um, it, it was a tough game, maybe you, maybe you made a few mistakes. You're going to have your initial interpretation of what happened even before you get into the review. Like, a lot of the time, you can even, you're going to convince yourself, this was, a, you know, my bot lane just shit the bed. This is what happened this game. This yeah. is what happened. So before you actually figure out, like, talk about, like, kind of what the, like, before you move on, like... Let's actually really figure out what the hell actually happened here. But most of the time, when you get into the review, you'll be like, oh shit, I didn't even notice that. I, I could have helped them out, or I actually screwed them over. I actually allowed my land at a roam there, or I didn't track the jungle, whatever it might be. This actually extends even more so um, to, to even like more holistically in your, in your reviews, like in your process. Like, let's say um, you have three bad games in a row, you lose three games, and you didn't play the best. Like, you don't really know. In three games, you don't have a large enough sample size to really understand what's truly going on, right? Like, it's just three games. You could have just, you know, but it could have been unlucky. could have been playing low intensity, whatever it might be. Like, let's just hold it. Let's, you know, we'll make some observations. But before we kind of go ham and like, be like, okay, this is a huge fucking weakness. Let's actually just take a step back, reflect on what's happened on previous blocks, maybe the next two blocks after that. And then we might have an assemblance of, okay, we, we can start to see the trends. We might want to dive into that. Step back, zoom out a little bit. So focus on the what is before deciding what to do about it. I see way too many people, they lose a, a matchup. It was a really hard game and they get so tunneled in on that one, that one, one problem. Game, yeah. but it's, you're never going to see this problem again anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's going to take ages before. It's not relevant for you and your climb right now. Um, and he says, we need time for diagnosis and design. That's what he calls it. We need time for diagnosis. And I think that's really, really important. We need to, and he says, generally the diagnosis, that whole phase takes 15, 20 minutes. Like you need to actually take a step back and think about it for 15 to 20 minutes before you even decide what the hell really was, what, what actually happened. Yeah. But it's, again, it's just so easy to decide. So easy. So quickly, right? It's convenient. Yeah. It's convenient. Get out of the painful experience. Move on. Go, 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 go Chew next. Chew up again. Go next. Distinguish proximate causes from root causes. So the example he gave here for this one was, um, it says like, okay, there was a person that was late, so they missed the train um, or something like that. And then so he said, oh, I missed, I was late because um, I missed the train, right? But that's actually not the root cause um, the, the root cause was like, no, so I forgot, I missed the train because I didn't check the timetable. That was the, the approximate cause, but the root cause is actually, I missed the train because I'm actually forgetful. And then I'm actually forgetful because I didn't get enough, enough sleep. 
like you actually go dig deeper. So like you want to make sure that you're not just looking at it at a very like high level. You want to figure out what the root cause of a specific problem is. Like if, if someone, you know, if someone says to us, Nathan, um, you know, I lost this game because I, I, uh, I didn't use the loading screen well. Okay, why didn't you lose the loading screen? Well, what were you doing? Oh, I was on my phone. You know, and you can kind of go back from there, and then you can kind of figure out what that person's actually doing at like a at an in depth level. Like, what's really going on? Is it because he's playing with low intensity because he's actually hasn't slept well, or he's not eating well, not exercising? Like, you can actually go deeper and figure out what the root cause actually is. Um, that's something that's really helped me in my coaching. That's actually one of my biggest influences in my coaching is I always try to figure out not just what is happening in this game and why you're doing it in this game, but what is actually happening over and over again. What, what do I need to work on here that it's going to help you in the long run? Um, did you have anything to add on to that? Or? Uh, I find a lot of that's like habitual stuff. Like let's say for someone who like, you know, checks their phone or like let's say they're like on social media or something mm-hmm. in the loading screen, for example, just going to use that example. That's just like the you know the problem is they're just addicted to it, right? Like the they got to solve that right. one. Yeah, before. you got to solve that problem yeah. before. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, spot on. To be effective, you must not let your need to be right be more important than the truth. Say that one again. To be effective, you must not let your need to be right okay. be more important than the truth. Yeah, because we have a need to be right because that's like ego protection. Yeah, ego protection mechanism. So then, yeah, the that's just a, that's sort of like ties back to the yeah. you don't want to look good. It's about it it's doesn't matter how bad you look. It's about finding the it's truth. About finding the truth, no matter how painful it is. Yeah, another way of articulating it. I love this one. Open mindedness is motivated by the genuine worry that you might not be seeing the full picture. I love this one because, you know, we talk about being open-minded. The point of being curious and open-minded. We're very curious about league because we want to know what is actually happening. Like we, we, we feel guilty or worried that we might be wrong. That's actually where it comes from. It doesn't, we don't just pull this curiosity and open-mindedness out of fucking thin air. Mm. It's like, well, we don't want to say something is the Bible or we don't want to say something unless we like really, really test it and look at it multiple times like we want to make sure we're right before we definitively say something so like that's where our curiosity and open-minded it is that's where it really is motivated from because we want to see the full picture we want to know what the hell is going on because the looking good in the short term is nowhere near as important as knowing the truth i use an example in my coaching someone came his first session with me he showed me a matchup. I think it was like a Kali versus Aurelia. I hadn't reviewed this matchup in a long time. And these melee versus melee matchups are very finicky and you've got to like know the details. And I said to him, dude, I'm like, dude, I don't know this matchup. I'll be honest with you. I don't actually know how this matchup was played out. So what we're going to do is we're going to break down this matchup and I'm going to go into YouTube. We can ask someone else in the Discord and we're going to break it down together. Now imagine this guy. He's coming to the Midland Academy. He's expecting I have all the answers. Yeah. I don't have all the answers. his first session because like, I don't know the answer to this. How about I'm going to, let's get a volume, we'll work it out together. He's like, what the fuck? Get me out of this, dude. This guy doesn't know your shit. Now, I don't, I don't look like a good coach in that situation, but I would rather not look like a good coach and actually get some real learnings that's going to help him in the long run. Rather than just pretend. Rather than, I could blow smoke up his ass and just say, say some bullshit. Just say some some bullshit or some, I can have my own hypothesis that I've never tested before. Fuck that. 
I don't care. I mean, if you think I'm a trash coach after that once, fine, dude. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to help you to the best of my ability. And we're going to, and then we're going to go through this and, and I will help you. We'll figure it out. It's not going to be, I'm not going to just, I don't have the answer on the tip of my tongue right here, but this is how I go about figuring out. Let's get some differing opinions. I ask my Midland Academy members all the time about matchups. I don't care how bad that might look me as a coach because I'm learning. I'm still learning every day. Yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing about builds and stuff. I mean, I make it very clear. I, mean, I don't play a lot of the champs. I don't know what items feel like on certain champs. I don't know the the, the adaptions. You, need you don't to know what to build third item on Rengar in this I game. I have no idea. <laughs> you you know? No idea, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's something I ask. You know, the Rengar mains in my, my Discord or something. Yeah, all the time, yeah. Another example of that is, let's say last week when I talked about my journey for Will, right? Uh, you know, it could easily, I could easily go up and say, I could start marketing. I'm the best coach in the world. I know how to get a player from Diamond 1 to Rank 1 in North America. Um, but like I, I'm still figuring out that pitch for myself. And I said last episode, I don't have the answers. You know, I was like, you know, it took me fucking two and a half years. You know, I clearly, if it was, you know, that sort of simple, then like if I had a step-by-step process, I, all I did was share, this is what we did. And we're super curious as well as well. I never knew how to get to rank one. I mean, I've gotten ranked two on oceanic server like eight years ago, but I don't know what that looks like now. I was just curious for it. It's like, well, an open mind. Like, what do we do? Like, what do we review? What are the best players in North America doing? You know, review those games. How can, yeah, and if you don't know how to replicate it, then you can't say. Yeah, I don't know how to replicate that to anyone. Like, no. like the, I can't just get another Diamond 1 player to, to rank one. I'm not even, years. I can't even genuinely say I know how to get someone a challenger. Yeah. I don't. No. I can point people in the right direction, but I can't confidently say I can do that. I've, 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 people I've worked with have gone to challenger. But I, w- I don't know how to replicate that. Like for some people it works, some people it doesn't. So how, who am I to say that I can genuinely get someone to diamond to challenger? Hmm. You know, it just so happens that a few people have. But again, it's not reliable. You need to do it all- to be able to say that you can do something. You got to do it time- multiple times. Multiple yeah. times. You got to be able to do it multiple times. Yeah. And following a process. You know. Yeah. Spot on. Um. A few more here. Only two or three more. Our differences weren't a product of poor communication. It was the other way around. Our differences, uh, sorry, our different ways of thinking led to our poor communication. Now, this one is a, a great one for anyone out there that plays Clash with friends and duo. So if you duo for whatever reason, or you play Clash, or you play little amateur tournaments, you play your local internet cafe, whatever it might be, this is a great one. In Direwolves, I spoke a lot about the concept of alignment, getting aligned. So rather, so let's actually... Rather than using buzzwords, let's get into a specific, okay? So let's say there was a scrappy mid-jungle 2v2. Say we were trying to get aligned on something. Rather than saying, Nathan, don't do this, do this. Or Nathan coming to me saying, Curtis, don't do this, do this. The better way to go about it, if we're really working on our duo and we're planning on getting better as a team would be, okay, so Nathan, what were you thinking here when you went for this play? Um, and then, you know, okay, so this is what I was thinking. What were you thinking? And then, so we actually try to get aligned on how we were thinking, first of all, like understand each other's perspectives. And then I give him how I'm feeling. He tells me how he's feeling. And then we can actually try and find a way to get aligned on how we view the game. Because what you might realize, he might be trying to win the game a completely different way to me. Or he might interpret my champ's identity a completely different way to me. So before we can even get into the details, we need to get aligned on the things that are really important. We need to get aligned on win cons. We need to get aligned on 
Um, champ identity. Champ identity, power spikes. We need to get aligned on all this stuff first. Then we can object. Talk about that play. Then we can talk about that play. Yeah. So if you're not aligned, first you, of you all. You can talk about that play and then you go on this whole fucking shit show of a conversation and it, you, it'll look like on the, on the outside that those guys don't know how to communicate with each other, but that's not the case at all. It's just because they weren't aligned. They wouldn't align. They're not aligned about how they view the game. It's impossible to have a constructive conversation. The communication is going to go to shit every single time. Because you don't have that all that that back end so let's say right and then it, it, we were working together over a long period of time and we had we constantly tried to get aligned on how we view champions how we view win conditions then finally when two people are aligned what happens is that then we can just get straight into the details because say he knows exactly what i want to do i know exactly what he wants to do and then we're going into a 2v2 we know exactly how we want to play out fights and then maybe we do something different then it's a quick fix it's like oh what did you see what did i see boom 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 i didn't realize that was on cooldown excellent it's just a quick fix because we know we're on the same page. But if we're trying to get into the specifics and we're fundamentally viewing the game differently, there's no point of getting yeah. into the specifics. So always get aligned on the higher level stuff first. And like he says here, our different ways of thinking led to more poor communication. Poor communication even in game, same thing. Mm. If you're not aligned on the win conditions and you don't view the game the same way, of course your communication is going to go to shit. They're mm. going to, your team's going to be giving you information that you don't give a flying fuck about. Mm. Vice versa. I have such a good example of the recently. Okay, uh, so I'm just going to straight up calling him out. So you know, young cat, right? Okay. I was playing a game with him. Okay, he's a very he's an eighty carry. He's a very um, uh, mechanically, he always goes for the outplay and stuff, which is a great aspect of him. You know, he's, he went to Korea, he played in Korean solo queue and stuff like that. So he's like really developed that sort of mindset view of the game. Um, I was playing with him. I was playing Xin Zhao. We went for, we like killed, I think one person and then we're going to go and dive like the next person. Right. Um, I just wanted to wait for the next wave and like, sort of like, you know, that small wins mindset that I have, like that's the way I view yeah, the game. Like I, I play well. small wins. I play to like slowly choke people out. I don't really like going for big wins unless it's like 100% guaranteed free, right? So I like sort of hesitated, came back and then like, you know, he started like walking forward and then like he ended up tanking the tower and then we, we got triple kill. We literally straight up lost the game from that play. Um, and then, um, and then you know, and I, and then he would you know, he went off to his friend and who I know and he told me about this. He was complaining like I'm the sh Nathan the most the shittest player. I hate playing with him. Zero mechanics doesn't know how to play the game. But think about how a different aligned we are. Like so, from his perspective, I completely could yeah, understand from his perspective because yeah. we actually, if I didn't hesitate or anything, we actually do clean up that and kill that 100 percent if I play that better. But but we we have different views about Completely how to win different the game. views about the game. Yeah. How to win the game? Like he wants the mechanics max and trade one for one and stuff like that because he thinks that if he gets more gold, he'll be able to carry the game because he's an eighty carry. Mm. But I just want to have zero deaths, clean, beautiful League of Legends, small win, take high percentage plays. Right. Think about if we were to engage in a conversation. You know, we never actually engage in a conversation, but if we were to. It would never go anywhere because we would have to first say that this is the way I play the game and this is the way. That you and he play might the, the, game. The, the, the takeaway might be he just fundamentally disagrees about the way you. Yeah, and I'm sure he will. Yeah, that's fine. fine. Yeah, and that's the, that's the, that's it. Okay, fine. We don't need to get into the details because I already think the way you view the game is incorrect. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, when you're not on a team together, sort of, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and this is what works for me in solo queue. You know, yep. I've gotten to challenger with 600 LP at the yep. moment with this. Yep. You know, and then you do you, and you, you get you. to your elo. But, yep. but if we're on the same team, we just need to understand yep. that we're gonna, you know, we're not gonna be aligned. That's know? right. Spot on. And that's a, it's a, and, and and that makes you feel even 
it allows you to empathize yeah. with, with sympathize with other people. And it allows me to actually move on quickly from that game as well. Cause I'm like, yep, I knew what take- he wanted to do. Bam. I don't want to do. We just weren't aligned. Okay. Just move on to the next. We just lose those games. Yep. Like maybe, maybe I'll lose 90% of the time that I play with him. That's yeah, fine. You know? Yep. But that's just the reality. You know? That's just the reality. Yeah, that, 100%. That's, it's clear. And so, yeah, I think for any of, and, and, but we, we see this, t- we've seen this time and time again with duos and, people who play in competitive teams and they get into the details and they're not even aligned on the basics. If you don't fundamentally believe, like you don't, five players on the team don't look at the way to win the game the same way, there's already a problem straight away. That's it. And that's actually why I believe what makes SKT so good at the moment. They're so aligned. They look so mm. on mm. in sync. Like mm. they're, everyone knows what's next without even saying it. It's just like boom, 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 boom. So, so good players, dude. That's, that's actually what league is in my opinion at the highest level. So once everyone knows how to play the game, everyone knows their matchups, everyone's mechanically competent. All it is is alignment over and over again. Everyone knows what everyone wants to do. Alignment is a long-term game. It's very, and and I think it's the coach's job to develop that alignment. That's what I think the coach's job real at, at the most core level. I believe a head coach's job is to really build alignment between the players. You're you're like the 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 conductor at the front. You're the conductor, and you're making sure everyone is in sync. Even if what they're in sync about is wrong, even if it's a disgusting piece of music, they're in sync. But if they're in sync, it doesn't matter. Mm. That's the most important mm. thing. So if you're with your friends, you know you got to really easy to execute composition it could be the shittest comp but as long as you know exactly <laughs> what it does yeah everyone knows what to do everyone knows that when this person goes in i need to be going, gonna go in it doesn't matter i'm the secondary gauge or i'm the primary engage you have a lot more success work. that way yeah. yeah and it'll be easier to review versus one person's going in but then they want they're playing let's say it's like a perfect example is this happens naturally sometimes with some sort of champs like let's say um you're playing Zerath. And I'm playing Rexi. Like mm. I want to like go in and like get a pick here, but then yeah. I'll just trade one for one, and then you you can't really follow up or something. Well, good players know what to do based off oh, the chance that they're with. Oh, it's a perfect example from today's review. I had a Volibear um, who was playing with an Ezreal Karma, who were the win condition. They were super fed, but he was Volibear. He was running straight Kim uh, Tank, all running straight forward, trying to get for a kill. And Ezreal Karma, they can't follow can't up that anything. fast. Yeah, and he lost the game because of that because he's not identifying what. He is not alive. That's a, what, that's a huge learning, but it's small, but it's a big learning. Yeah, that's right. That's what I talk about in terms of empathizing with the, like, you got to put yourself in their shoes. What would it feel like to be the Ezreal? The Ezreal? He's like, fucking run up. He's going to, what, he's going to do E forward and then he's got, he's vulnerable, you know? It doesn't like, make sense. It doesn't make sense, right? He throws one Q out. <laughs> that's, and that's, that's game sense. And that game sense will get developed over time. Yeah. Um, the biggest difference between people who guide their own personal evolution and achieve their goals and those that don't is that those who progress reflect on what causes their amygdala hijackings. So amygdala hijacking is like one of the terms he uses, which is essentially, we talk, we spoke about this on the podcast before, how we have like our logical self and our like emotional self, which is a very oversimplified um, concept. But essentially we have, you know, like our amygdala and like our, you know, our emotional self ego. And then we have kind of like our prefrontal cortex, our logical part of ourselves. He believes that like the, the amygdala will kind of hijack your, your, your kind of like decision-making and your amygdala and your emotions will make the decisions for you. And so we've had this at many times, everyone's experienced this. You watch this podcast at some point in time where you know, they know they're actively self-sabotaging. They know they shouldn't play that other game. They know they should be doing their X, Y, Z, but they do it anyway because fuck it. You know, like they, they can't control themselves. It's very common with like addictions and stuff like that as well, right? And so he believes that people who, you know, really 
are successful and they evolve and they achieve their goals, reflect on what causes those moments. Where is that coming from? Why am I losing control of that situation? What is so painful that I, oh, why, why is this, this thing so, uh, so emotional for me? And so they reflect on and get learnings. Um, again, something that I probably need to do more, hmm. but um, nice little learning there. Um, last one here. Your greatest challenge will be having your thoughtful higher level you manage your emotional lower level you. The best way to do that is to consciously develop habits that will make doing the things that are good for you habitual. We talk about it all the time, right? Going to the gym sucks ass when the first time you go. You got to do it so much that you don't have to, you don't, you don't question it. You just go. You do three blocks so much that you don't question it. You just do it. You know, so there's certain things in your day and your routine that will allow you to combat your lower level self because your lower level self is going to try and find the easy way out. It's going to try and cut That's corners. That's the emotional you. Yeah, the emotional. It's going to try and cut corners because yep. logically, you know that you should get out of bed at that time or you shouldn't play that 17th game or, or you, you know, you shouldn't. Um, watch that extra Netflix episode, or yeah. you should you should go to the gym at this time. Uh, you know, a great example for that. This is really like, there's lots of people that are in our book club and join our book club that yeah. actually don't read the books. They so, like sometimes they come in and their their logical part of the brain is to um, like I know that this is good for me. I'll read and like we'll get knowledge and I get to use the group and you know talk to Curtis and Nathan and stuff like that. Um, they do the first month and they just drop off the face of the cliff. You know, like there has been some people in the, in the book club, right? And uh, like I can guarantee it. I mean, you know, people say they're too busy. You don't. You, you definitely could make time to read a book. It's just the emotional you is saying like again. I'd rather like you know play more league. Whatever or it might be, might be. That's that's such a good example there because they know that it's good for them, but emotionally they just can't get themselves to read that book to attend that book club. And that's why, in order to combat that, you don't have to fight. Like you don't want to get into that engagement with your lower level self. You don't want to try and reason your way out of it. Like you want to get. You just kind of like Jocko style, which is like. Get yourself in. They don't think. Just do. Just like, do. Get yourself into just a routine like, that you're just going to do it anyway. I have to read this book every month. Like I just am. I just like Joker says. Like I don't want to go to the gym. What do I do? I go anyway. Yeah, I go. To the, I go anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, what do I do on those days where I don't want to get up? I get up and yeah. go to the. You know, it's like it sounds so simple, but it's true. Like you just got to do it anyway. And every time you do it anyway, like that strengthens it. It'll be easier every single time. So yeah, they were my main main takeaways. There's plenty more, but they were like, I'll say the main relevant ones. Um, Again, thinking just summary summarizing, how crazy is that? Every single one of his learnings, his principles, so these are his principles that he runs his life with, we could apply to being better at League of Legends. Crazy. Because just getting, it's just pursuing something, excellence, yeah, right? It's pursuing excellence. It's problem solving. It's finding the truth. Finding the truth. Putting your ego aside. Putting your ego aside. Not, don't worry about looking good. Just yes. getting results. Getting results. Um... It's all the same shit. Being open-minded, being curious, yep. being obsessed, attention to detail, yep. registry, under like not shying away from painful experiences, reflecting over a lot of reflection, understanding yourself really. Yeah. So if you, if this is the first time you're watching this podcast and you feel overwhelmed and you're like, oh, this is a really good podcast. So I sh- now got to go watch the other 90 episodes. Just go read that book, Great Daily Principles, and you've watched the 90 episodes. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> No, yeah, not exactly. We definitely talk about lots of other things, but yeah, there's definitely that's again a huge core big recommendation. Definitely recommended. huge recommend recommended. And again, from our book club, our, our members, um, 
yeah, they, um, I think it was Valentine's, it was 11 out of 10, like the most, like changed his life straight up. There's at least, there'll be at least one thing in there that you can take away for everyone, no matter what you do and what stage of your life you're in, hmm. that you can be like, wow, okay, this, this makes a lot of sense. It's like my coffee table book. I, I keep the book on my coffee table. I'm just like flick through the highlights. Here's just, my highlights, great. flick through it. Some wisdom. Mailbag. Away we go. First question is from Drew. The title of this email is, at what point is it luck? Luck. That's a dangerous word in the BBC universe, isn't it, Curtis? It's good of Midbeast to write in. <laughs> hey, Curtis and Nathan. My name is Drew. Been watching and listening every week since Curtis's solo queue tips of the day. Whoa. And used to play amateur with the good old Stevenator. Oh, really? Quick aside, but I do wonder if Curtis remembers my girlfriend writing in for my birthday trying to get me an MLA. Uh, I don't remember, man. Sorry. <laughs> Curtis got too too many too much on his plate. Uh, I'm sure we've covered something similar in previous episodes, but I had this interesting week of solo queue that I would love to dissect and get your thoughts as well as share mine. For most of last year, I was a first-time Masters 1LP peaker. I pride myself in high intensity as my process is often a duct tape boat floating down the rapids of solo queue. But I was probably considered to most hard stuck with 800 games under my belt, never breaking even 100 LP. But this year preseason was my playground. I And I was taking every bit of candy and LP I could from all the four fun gamers. I accrued 180 LP and happily sat there for ranks to reset. Heading into the new season, I was like a baby learning to walk again. Lobbies were chaos, and a surprising amount of players were starting off their seasons being little stinkers. But I loved it after playing 30 games worth of three blocks. My teammates shook in fear at this 41% Casio one trick, but it was hard to find a lobby undodged. And here is where we get to the odd part. With arms open wide, I was truly just accepting responsibility, hunkered down in the trenches of solo queue, and it was this last week that I would love your opinions of... Over the course of 54 games, I got 600 LP. Suddenly, I was six wins from Grandmaster. I ne- never, nearly never lost a game. And when I did, it was because I outplayed myself. As ear to ear, my grin was thinking about my level of play and the payoff. I can't wrap my head around that kind of spree. I think a lot of success in life is where preparedness and dumb luck intersect. During those days, I considered the win streak to just be noise. And in my eyes, as the losses soon came in abundance as well it kind of was i'm obviously hopeful but rather skeptical so my question is not only just your thoughts but also what part of a thing like this is noise or feedback thanks in advance how many over how many games was it 54 games so he pretty much won every i'd say he had 80 percent win rate or something like that or 85 80 percent win rate it's 54 games is a lot of games. It's a lot of games. I just don't think there can be noise over that many games. There's not. I, I think there's. you've done something I right. Think, I think things have... Like, League is an interesting game in the sense that things can just click. Click and meta and like right everything. Place, right, right place, time, right yeah. time. Like, like yeah. me, your champ's effectiveness in a given meta, the way you're playing that champion in a given meta, um, 
you could, again, things could just click in terms of like maybe a few concepts that have really drilled down. Like you've just developed that muscle memory. Yeah. Things that you're, you're not thinking. You're not you're, really thinking about, but they yeah, clicked. they've clicked. Yeah. Like you wouldn't even recognize it. If I were to ask you questions, like, like what are you thinking here? What, and how- or like, what's the difference between you, D1 and Challenger, like Grandmaster or whatever? You actually probably wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to articulate it. Unless you, yeah. Unless you're a, a multi-season, like you've been to Challenger, yeah. like you wouldn't, or a pro coach, you wouldn't. Yeah know what the differences are mm. so like there's probably a lot of things happening man drew that that it's hard for you to really understand but and it'll look like luck it will look like that but that's league because the, the biggest thing nathan and like i'm assuming drew thinks like this is that like they think that there's this ginormous gap in like like the way the the like a 400 500 lp player wins games comparatively to them at 100 lp right mm. let's just assume that he was zero lp master tier it's a bunch of little, little things. things. It's a yes. lot of little yes. things, and like, it can it can just happen such that like a, a bunch of little things click for you, and you haven't even realized it. And your mental stack is thinking about things that you think maybe if you're really honest with yourself, you'll know that there was a difference. Like if you actually think back to how you were viewing the game, how you were thinking in a lane, like mechanical competence, whatever it might be, things will be different. And also that that can sometimes be the 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 payoff of of like a process. Like sometimes. Like you just you're just slugging away, and then randomly things kicking. You're like holy moly, like this thing works. It looks so much easier than I thought it was. You know. Yeah, if you feel as though it's easier than you think it is, that means things have definitely have clicked. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean it's going to take you all the way up to rank one, but it means like you you you've you've ticked, you've kind of overcome a few things, and you've things a few things have clicked, and then you get to your next plateau point, and then you got to rinse repeat, and then yeah. pick up a new little things, and then go again. Um, yeah, I so I don't you, think it's luck at all, dude. Maybe maybe here and there, but it yeah. seems to me that you've just really done a great job, honestly. I mean, the way I think about it, you can only be. I think you can only be lucky, like one hundred to two hundred LP. Yeah, six hundred. There's just no way. It goes both ways. I would say your rank. Everyone is will fluctuate at least hundred to two hundred LP either way, up and to down to the skill level. To the skill level. Yeah. So maybe this is a case where you get down to 400 and you just hover around that and that's your skill level for the next couple of months. Yeah, so years. maybe he, he genuinely climbed out of that 600 LP. He genuinely climbed like 400 of it. So let's say maybe he's like a... Maybe he climbed from zero to 400 and then maybe he got a little bit lucky at the end there. Potentially. Who knows? Maybe not, but like that could be true. Or 500, whatever it might be. Hmm. But he's, it sounds like he's definitely... Things have clicked and he's, he's a much better player than what he was. There's, there is no way... That 100 LP, if you haven't changed your pool, there's no way that a 100 LP master player, like a zero LP master player, could rant luckily get to 600 LP. Yeah. If you haven't shifted your pool, if you're playing the same champ, it doesn't make sense. All right, moving on here. This is from Johnny. When to move on, pivoting. Greetings, oh wise ones, Nathan and coach. He's been wise at 26. I don't know about that one. We have no idea what we're talking about. First off, thank you for all you do. Your podcast and coachings have turned league into an addiction and escape and has become a tool for me to deal with my uh, PTs and getting back on track with my life. Wait, you say you turned it into an addiction. Wait, your podcast is going to have turned league into an addiction. I think he means from an addiction escape to a tool for me to deal with. Oh, right. (laughs) And getting back to track with my life. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, well, that's not how it's worded. Maybe he's literally saying, maybe, maybe thanks for making me an addict and an escape for all my real life problems. <laughs> I don't think that that's what he's saying. <laughs> Just no, a bit of a mistypo there. All right. Um, second, an update. I've been going strong with focusing on a small champ pool and almost have become an, a one trick with Mordekaiser. 
and have logged over a hundred games in the last month. Okay, so Johnny's from um, from Saltu. Okay, is he uh, play, is this Jungle Mordecai's a player? Yes, I climbed too fast from Gold Four to Plat Promos and had a mental bust and regression, but have worked through that with Saltu and Nathan. We're back on the path and climbing back to that peak and beyond. I've learned how to become a monk and being proud of my journey and focusing on a narrative of gratitude for every loss as it teaches me something about myself to work on. I do still hope to reach Diamond 4 this season, but I'm trying to remove the emotional attachment and subsequent potential toxic pitfall that narrative could drive. My question is, how do you know when to pivot or let a thought mindset or champion die? Specifically, how do you determine if the path you're on isn't working and it's a sunk cost fallacy? Mm. For example, main in a champion for a season of 50 plus games and undecided if it's for you. Is the lessons you learned along the way worth the cost of investment or should you try and determine if you need to pivot and drop champion or not waste your time? This is such a hard question. It is, isn't it? It's really, really hard. Yeah. I'll be honest, man. Even me to this day, I, I can't even answer this. I feel as though, like, you need to be, like, a long-term master to be able to answer something like this. Look, what I would say is get as many opinions as possible and just really get as many opinions as possible and and reflect and be as honest with yourself as possible. Like, um, like I mean, you've got Nathan here to look at your gameplay, I'm sure, and he can, you know, you can chat to him about things that he's seeing and, you know, get your, his thoughts on things and maybe other people in the soul too. Um... And just reflect. I mean, look, at the end of the day, there is no cookie-cutter formula. I always say it comes down to feel. Like, if you're really honest with yourself, you'll know, like, deep down. Like, I feel like most most answers to things will be there deep down if you, you, you kind of brush away all the shit around it. Um, so between getting secondary, third, fourth opinions, you know, expert opinions from Nathan, etc., and really good quality reflection, I think you'll be able to figure it out. That's the best advice I can give, man. Um, I don't think you'll be able to figure it out yourself. Uh, um, just randomly, you know, clear, clear answer. It's like, yep, I should pivot right now. And the other thing is, well, you might, you got to realize that you could just be wrong. Like you could have just moved on too early. So my philosophy is I would rather move on too late than too early from everything. Yeah. So like I'm sticking with like, I, I genuinely stick with pools longer, even though that I'm slow to adapt to metas. Like I would like I would rather be on the other side of things, you know. Like I would rather be wrong and say, "Oh, you know, my champ is playable in his meta, or I can play like this in a given meta, or whatever it might be." Or I did like this champion, and I, I would rather be wrong by 30, 40, 50 games, or even more than that, than 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 move on too early because the pain for moving on too early would be would outweigh everything, in my opinion. So that's my personal philosophy, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my advice to him. I mean. Yeah, I mean, him being a Mordekaiser jungle player, that's definitely a, you know, you talk about, you know, the Harry Potter analogy of the, 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 the maze. Ball, the maze, and you have yeah, the, the, each, very unique each path. That's a very unique path you're going down. Yeah. That it's very, I don't, there's not many players you can follow down that. So you're sort of like beating your own path. Yeah. Whenever I hear these things from like these niche players, what I always say is, Let's not, I don't want to move on from it. Keep it. You obviously love the champion, but I think it would be good to complement that champion with something else. That's what I always say. Like if I have like a one trick, you know, one trick kindred mid or whatever, it's like, okay, let's play this, but let's not one trick it. Let's complement it with maybe something a little bit more, something else you enjoy, but something else a little bit more standard. And then, and then we can give you, you have a better perspective that way. That's what I would say. Hmm. 
because one tricking a niche champion, you, it's a very particular journey. It um, is a, a journey not uh, treaded by many other people. All right, um, moving on here, dealing with limited hours. This is by Alex. Okay, Curtis and Nathan, I've been listening to this podcast for a month and now every day walking to school and walking back. I really have learned a lot from this podcast and it has changed the way I think and view things. I'm 13 years old and in eighth grade. I'm currently around Silver 2. League has really changed my life and I started playing the game at the beginning of season 11. I love the game and really want to improve and maybe one day reach Challenger. My dream is to become a pro player, but I understand that it's very unlikely it will ever happen. I do not want to risk everything and I have in pursuit of this dream and prioritize school and education first. However, my parents are very strict when it comes to video games. They see it as a negative thing and I'm only limited to be able to play on the weekends and during school breaks. My parents require me to get at least an A minus in every class and even if I get a B plus in one class, they will suspend me from being able to play at all until the next report come comes out which is around three to four months they also require me to do sport and every day after school i do track and field which i'm pretty good at because i'm only limited to the weekends and school breaks achieving my dreams of becoming a pro player or reaching the high rank seems pretty much impossible i've tried everything i could to convince them to let me be able to play on weekdays I I promised that my grades would not drop because of this and I told them all the benefits of gaming and my dreams of pursuing a pro player career. Despite this, they still adamantly refuse. I really want to achieve my goals and I'm not very interested in living the normal life, becoming a lawyer, doctor, or any of these type of professions. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really don't want to secretly play video games behind their backs when they are at work. But if it is necessary to climb higher, then I will do it. In my current situation, what advice will you two give? Um, so far, I think I have... Um, all right, he goes on to talk about his champs and stuff. I don't really want to get into that. I don't think it's more about the time thing. Anyways, the point is, I'm not sure if I should play in three blocks or spam games. I might be wrong, but I think I already have the feel of the game and I'm confident that with my mechanics, so I don't think I need to spam games. Uh, so he, he's a Yasuo player. He says, I rarely lose lane and currently have a 77% win rate in 32 matches with Yasuo. Keanu Relia, he also plays. Let's let, let's 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 address the first okay, half, and yeah. then we'll come back to yeah. that. Man, god damn, he's thirteen. Yeah, I actually think what he should do yeah. is he should show this to his parents. What show? What? What we're about to we're reply. About to start, okay, here we go. This is a better way. Like, okay. I think this is, we we owe. What was his name again? Alex. Alex yeah. You know, a good explanation, mm-hmm. and, and let's let's go deep on this. First things first, he sounds like an incredibly smart, switched on 13-year-old kid Mm, mm. comparatively to us when we were 13. Mm. So, you know, whatever Alex's parents have been doing, thumbs up, right? Absolutely. There's obviously done a good job. Done a great job. We said this time and time again, school and studies always should come first no matter what. Yep. That's, that's that's what I that's what we prioritized with Will, you know, who got rank one in North America. Well, Nathan well. um had a client um who wants to go pro, who got him to rank one on in the North American server, who um was at school at the same High time. High school, yeah. High school. Yeah. I worked with him since he was fourteen until he's like seventeen now. Yeah. And you always push the narrative or the the belief that school yeah. should always come And he first. got good grades. I don't think he got And exercise as well. And exercise And exercise. Well. So yeah. the fact that he's doing track and field after school, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. 
beautiful. Don't give up that. Again, continue to focus on your studies. League, in the way me and Nathan always... we The message we try to get across is that the game of League is purely a medium to to push yourself mentally and find out more about yourself and develop emotional regulation. Really, at the end of the day, it's to do something that's extremely difficult. Yep, climbing the rank ladder in League Climbing the rank ladder. Is one of the hardest things you could do. In terms of the gaming space, I would say climb the League of Legends ranked ladder. That's the pinnacle. It's the pinnacle. It's the hardest game in the world. Is the hardest. It's probably up there with one of the most hardest sports. If you're like, say, like difficulty levels, like there is less pro players in league than there NFL is in the NFL, players. like yeah. for American football. It's, it's, it's harder to become a professional league player in North America. I don't know if he's in from North America or Europe um, than there is in um, the NFL. It is incredibly difficult. The game itself is incredibly difficult. Now, look, I, I, we've said this again, time and time again. We don't ever, we tell people not to pursue going pro. Mm. We actually say like, Going pro should always be a byproduct of getting to a high rank yeah, at, a, high, at a young age. You just go high rank at a young age and be like, okay, now I should probably go more. Right. Take so if he would have focused on his studies and his health and fitness and everything else, and he just so happens to get to challenger at the age of 17, then okay, that's potentially a path he could go down. Now, the great thing about League is that if you're a high rank, you're a challenger player, you don't have to pursue going pro. You could, there's many other hobbies or side things that you could do. You could become, do a little bit of streaming on the side or be a coach on the side. I mean, I've got someone working for me in the Midland Academy who studies, who he he's a coach and he now, he you know, he wouldn't have to work a, like a, a part-time job. Like he can just does coaching on the side for me in the Midland Academy, you know? So there are many other things that you can do. And at the end of the day, everyone needs a passion. Everyone needs a hobby. League is a beautiful hobby because... It can be. It can be. And not always. It can be depending on your relationship with the game and how you wrestle with League. But um, if used well and if your relationship with the game is very healthy, it can be an extremely um, rewarding hobby because you learn, you're forced to learn so much about yourself. You're forced to develop, a, I mean, first of all, a, a growth mindset, which is incredibly important nowadays. Adapt to change, which nowadays the, world, the, world is, the, world, the way the world works Cha- everything's changing all the time. Technology and like your job and everything. Everything's changing. You've got to adapt to change. You can't get comfortable in with what your your way of doing things. You've got to overcome challenges. You've got to fit. Fi- it's problem solving. You've got to figure it out. There is no way that, you know, it's incredibly complex problems. So, you know, f- for me, you know, the advice I would give Alex is continue on, but you shouldn't have to hide it from your family. If you have to convince your mom and dad that, and understandably, if, if your parents knowing, obviously they don't know much about gaming, it's completely understandable why they wouldn't want Alex playing games, right? Yep. It makes total sense. Yep. At the end of the day, you've got to have a tough conversation with them. It doesn't have to be a tough conversation, an honest conversation. Show them something like this and some of the stuff that we've come out with on the Broken by Concept. So I think also show them a bit more about the industry itself. It's like, the industry hey, itself, yeah. There is pro teams. This is how much money. Like if you usually type in Google what's the average salary of an LCS player? It comes up like 200000 or something like that. You know, So there actually is a path. There's a pathway. Yeah. And there's is. academy. And it's it just exists. like in, in, in another traditional sport yeah, in right. college, especially yeah. in America, you get scholarships for colleges. There you go. I've heard people who purely are trying to get high ranks so they can get a scholarship. I had someone recently in NA got a 32, I think it was like a $30,000 scholarship or something per year. Because he got high ELO. Yeah, now he's for a college in America. Yeah. 30000 a year or something yeah. like that. Which is insane. That's mm. I mean, that's decent, decent money. So you know, um, 
yes, tick, exercise, boom, st- focus on your studies, tick. Um, but everyone needs a hobby, you know, mm. and there's, there's that hour or two hours a night where, you know, he, there's something that he can push himself and develop himself mentally, um, yeah, I, weekends, etc. The key thing is, yeah, like if his grades are bad, not letting him play for three to four months... It's going to be impossible to become a pro player if he's not able to play that in those That's chunks correct. in time. And it, we're not here to give parenting advice. You know no, I mean? no, of course Do not. I think that's probably a healthy way to go about things? Probably not. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the schooling, everything needs to come through like a growth mindset approach. Look at the process. If he's getting bad results... He's getting a B instead of an A. Well, let's look at the difference in preparation between the result, the, the test that he got a B and the test he got an A. What was his process like? Was he studying? How, what was the quality of the study? Was his sleep different? Like go into, go in, get into the detail. That's what I'm going to do with my son or daughter. My son or daughter, I'm going to be gonna so process oriented. I'm going to be like, I'm, they're going to have the most gross mindset possible. This is how you study. I'm going to, yeah, because I never got taught how to study when no, I was I a kid. Know, it's like, either. oh, you're either smart or you're not. You That's either right. you know how to do maths or you don't. It's, yep. it's like that. So, Alex, show this to your parents. Hopefully, we've, we, you know, as well as other stuff on the internet, there's plenty of other, other, other people, um, like Nathan said, research about the industry. As long as you have a healthy relationship with the game, you're playing. You're not a. Di- you're not an addict. You're playing to genuinely better yourself and le- and push yourself like like any other competitive endeavor. You're doing it with the process. You're pushing yourself mentally, playing with intensity, and you're p- putting your studies first and your exercise. I don't see why not. I don't see how, if anything, it will have a positive effect on his growth, Alex's growth and maturity and everything really. Um, as a as a as a as a man. I think. Any anything to add, Nathan? I think you nailed it. Um, yeah, nothing all. I'm happy with that. Excellent. All right, good work, everyone. That's the end of our podcast. Our camera has died on us, but it's good timing because we're at the end of the podcast anyway. <laughs> we'll see you on the ref. Catch up. <laughs>